All right, let's get her going. This is my third or fourth attempt of uh, introducing Off the Off the Rails Friday. I just love it so much. My week was so screwed up. I think I called for Off the Rails Friday like on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. <laughs> we got there. Pal. It was Wednesday. We made it was it. Wednesday. <laughs> we made it. All right. But today's the day. Yep. So I got that right. Yeah. So well, let's welcome everybody in, wherever you're watching or following, Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet Plus from 4 to 6. We're glad you are with us in our Leaf edition. And if you don't get us live, always give us uh, a chance to uh, follow up with you on a platform called The Pod. Yeah. Sure. Do check us out. Do you guys listen to pods? I do now. I didn't for years. I fought it for a long really? time, but I, I do now, I, yeah. I listen to a lot of podcasts, you do. a lot of sports podcasts, but never any hockey podcasts. Yeah. Well, why would you? You I got know. the best I talk, right well, here. I mean, yeah, I, you, I, I, I <laughs> literally live, talk about hockey. <laughs> you live the best. 20 hours a week, so I don't need to hear it, but a lot of basketball, a lot As of football. always on Friday, especially a Friday's, mm. although you can do it anytime you want. Oh, yeah. Text us at 590-590. We'll get your thoughts, questions. Sammy reads them, Comments. screens them, doesn't tell us about them. And then yep. on Friday, he will. A little later on in the hour, uh, we'll welcome in Luke Fox, Leafs writer for Sportsnet.ca. We'll get his thoughts. And then, of course, top of the hour, Doug McLean, former NHL president, GM, head coach, and uh, guy that really has nothing else to do. No. Sport. On a Friday, yep. will join us as well. In the meantime... Let's talk about Sammy's Toronto Maple Leafs. They miss out on Chris Tanev, but last night they land two right-handed defensemen. Oh, oh boy. What's, who's the second? Mitch Marner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All <No>. right. <laughs> Fair enough. Get the hook out of your mouth, would you? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so what, are we, well, what are we doing here? I, I can't remember your take on this from when it happened before. But this, to me, is absurd. Like, so, stop it. What do you mean? With Mitch? Yes. What are you doing? What, they were down to 4D? No, they, for one shift, you know, McCabe misses a shift. This is, a, not to get right into takes here, but Sheldon saying about how they're in a jam 100 times and playing Mitch Marner at forward was like, hey, Brad, get do, me a do you th- you-know-what defenseman. Well, that's that's it. Is it just, is, is that his way of really making it crystal clear, I need help? No. Yes. Uh, no, I mean he. The trade tree says the trade was done before the game. We all knew he needed a right hand D. It's not like he's not trying to trade for right hand D. You, you guys think Sheldon made a protest last night? And that's why Marner played. I do. Yeah, that's pretty. No, long but he has played. He played last week too, didn't he? Or last two year, weeks ago? No, he no earlier oh, this year. Yeah, he had he a did. couple of shifts. Yeah, yeah. on D. Yeah, yeah. It was like very early in the year. Talked about as an actual strategy when they were down to for comebacks, right? But yeah, stupid. Okay, the Leafs end a, what was it, a 10-game regulation losing streak? Yeah, 12, yeah. At home? Well, no, 10 regulation losing streak, and it was, they had, they had, yeah. You're looking they, at had, me. they hadn't won since um, 2002. In regulation. In regulation. Yes, because they had lost, the uh, Coyotes had lost twice in uh, overtime to the Leafs at home. Okay, before we get into last night's dog's breakfast. Oh, boy. Because that was just a bad hockey game. I'm sorry. Anyway, you you want to find anything out of that thing? It was just a bad hockey game. No, no pushback here on that. Not uh, n- not the best uh, effort game for. Uh, I didn't think the Leafs skated particularly well last night. Okay. All right. The Boosh. The Boosh man. Well, did you trade first? 
Yes, I, I think so. Just right. adding uh, Ilya Labushkin, 75% of his con- contract was retained by the Anaheim Ducks and the Carolina Hurricanes. But it cost them a third and a sixth to do it. So let's go to you first, JB. Well, I like it. I like it. Um, <clears throat> first of all, I'm a, I'm a Boosh guy. When he was here, uh, you guys probably remember, I really like him as a player. I, you know, they, they had needed that when they got him a couple of years ago, and he was someone who really tried to light guys up. Um, the downside of it, of course, is that he tried to light guys up, and they'd get by him, and they'd have a scoring chance going the other way. But he is, you know, the Leafs so clearly had a need for someone who was a right shot, someone who's physical, someone who defends as a priority, someone who PKs. He does all those things. So in the absence of Tanev, if you go down the list of who is available, wasn't a ton to choose from. So I like it. I, the acquisition, acquisition cost doesn't really phase me. It's a third and 25. It's about what it costs yeah. you to demon yeah. at the deadline. Yeah, I, uh, that, that I'm not with you. I, I look at a third and a six for a rental again. And Hey, I'm I'm the one screaming all in here. Yeah. So, but it, it it's not cheap. A third. No. Like you didn't want to give up a first, or the perception is that nobody wanted to give up a first, but everybody's all day long on the third for a rental. So, I mean, I am my point in all of this. Are we is sure that, they didn't want to give up a first? It's not that I wouldn't do it, but again, for everybody saying don't go all in, you're you're just you're just costing your picks. Yes, that's what all in is. Yeah, right? and, and to me, the but, the third and the sixth is not for Labushkin alone. It's it for massive. No, it's massive retention too, right? Massive camp. They're paying six eighty seven for the guy. All I'm saying is that if you if you're going to start throwing away these picks, mm-hmm. then you better come up with something a lot bigger and a lot shinier than Labushkin. So if 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 you're telling me they're all in mm-hmm. and third and a six just a cost of doing business then i'm with you yeah but if you stop at this trade in terms of still trying to nibble around the edges and that's all labushkin is is a nibble around the edges i get it yeah. depth i i like them good ad for you, sure you need six seven eight quality defensemen if you think you're going to go to a conference final so there it's good yeah. but i better see all in between now and friday uh, is it depth, though? Like, isn't he just going to go right to the top pair? That's the problem for me. Yeah. Right? Like, if they are going to make another trade, which you've mentioned, fine. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to get another right-hand shot D-man somewhere or again. If, they better. I, I agree. I think they, they, they better. I agree. It's just, to me, your big move can't be to add Labushkin to play with Morgan Riley. Right? And they added Luke Shen. We were all wondering what he was going to be last year. And he ends up playing with, with Riley and he plays really well. And he played like 14 minutes a night kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Labushkin is, is Luke Shen. I, I think Luke Shen's probably a better player than Labushkin is. I, I don't want to hate it as much as I do. Like, I, I, I kind of like what he brings. But you I just, like it if there's more, Sammy. I just don't want him playing on the top pair. And it just feels, like that's, it just feels like that's exactly where we're headed. It that's, does. That's uh, what you know. I think it's me. protection against, you know, not getting the guy they want. Because I agree. I don't think they look at their team and go, "We don't need another top pair guy." Labushkin's a top pair guy. They're not dumb. They don't think this guy who's been playing, you know, seventeen minutes in Anaheim is a top pair guy. But if they can't get someone else, you have a body who can play with Riley, who can make a difference, who you know moves people into better positions. So you know, instead of losing 
in five games to Florida. Now you could lose in six. This is the dumbest thing ever, kid. So should they not get good players because it's not the one you want it to be? Like, you're talking about getting all-in guys. You need right... They have 23rd on the penalty kill. Once again, are you just telling me that this is the start of much more coming? I would think so. And then we're with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if if it's... If this is really it in a nutshell on the blue line, then... I'm with Sammy going, this is disappointing. For sure. But I just don't think you can make three trades when you make your first trade. It's your first trade. And I'm with you. I don't think Labushkin is a top pair guy. But to me, it's like they are 23rd on the penalty kill. They have no right shot D. They have Mm -hmm. no physical players. It's a good start. It is. It's a start. And if you don't like the acquisition cost, I get it. It's it's a cost. It's a cost you could have used somewhere else. But to me, it's like, have you guys looked at the players who are available there's, there's no, there's no names. I know, and that's that's a problem. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's. I just can't get over Tanf. I can't quit Tanf. Yeah, I just, I, it really, you know, like the, the the drop off between thinking you're going to get Chris Tanf to like back to Labushkin. Yeah, it, it's a hurtful one. Like it's just, I really, not that I thought it was a lock that he was coming here. I clearly knew, but it's just the fact that it was taken away from you when it's just such a perfect fit and a real difference maker. I know. And now it's like the next option is Labushkin. That's think, the step down I, here. I think in Eddie Murphy's Raw or Delirious, he talks about being a kid and wanting a McDonald's hamburger. This is my article today. Yes. He wants to go to McDonald's and his mom's like, we have hamburger meat at home. Yeah. And she goes to make like the Wonder Bread yeah. version of the hamburger. Yeah. That's the, Labushkin. And there's like green parts green in it. Green peppers uh, hanging out of it. I don't see the green parts <laughs> in the McDonald's hamburger. <laughs> I see my dad mix it up with like eggs and yeah. breadcrumbs. I'm like, what the hell is that? And actually, that's in Eddie Murphy's bit. He's like, I don't want an egg McMuffin, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's like you end up with this burger and you're going that's not quite what i wanted they're familiar with them he's played with morgan in the past Mm -hmm. that helps for sure i I, listen i i get i'm sticking up for it because i see what they're they just don't have options but it's not a perfect fit why don't we listen to them tell us about it unless you have something else absolutely do you want to do tree first or or keith uh Tree. Let's get tree. He made the trade. Let's get the GM number one there on Ilya Labushkin. Tree. We're, we're short in the right side, so you look throughout the marketplace, and number one is determining what's available, right? There's lots of names people want to bounty about, but you got to separate, you know, reality from 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 non-reality. And and when we look at Ilya, a few things. Um, obviously, there's a familiarity with with the team. I wasn't here with him before, but in speaking, I spoke to a few of the players, obviously speaking a lot with Sheldon, the coaching staff. There's a familiarity of where he fit in last year, as a, or when his last time here, as a teammate. Um, they spoke you know, glowingly about a teammate, how he fit in with the group. Um, but then stylistic and profile-wise, you're looking, you know, from my end, somebody on the right side, and, and one of the things that, you know, we need to improve upon is... is, is is stopping plays, killing plays. You know, he's got the ability to, to kill plays. And then obviously being able to do the deal the way we did it and the number that he came in at provides us some flexibility. So it adds to our depth. It, it gives us a body in a position of need um, and allows us still to, to seek other opportunities over the course of the next week. We're right. going shopping. Seek other opportunities is encouraging. Where he fit in last time is not encouraging. Yes. And him calling him depth helps my heart a little bit. Yeah. I, that, you know, he, they're not done. 
but I, I just have to measure what we know now against yeah. what Labushkin is. Two more bodies, changeover. Is that going to be enough? Like, that's probably what they're looking at, right? Probably a forward and another D or Listen, two yeah. forwards. Or... They need another stud on the blue line. What does that mean? It means a legit top four. Yeah, they're, just is... not, they're not good enough on D. They're just not. No. I mean, my only comparable to being able to win. So first off, I think it's a heavily flawed year in the NHL where I don't look at any teams as unbeatable. But the only comparable is maybe the 2017 Penguins with Dumoulin and Mata and, you know, whatever, where the whole thing is they just flip pucks in the neutral zone, keep it safe, and you have your elite Cole, forward talent, Ian Cole, yeah. Hainsey. And who's Dumoulin on the Leafs right now? And who's Cole on the Leafs right now? Because mm. I see... Smaller, tinier, lighter guys. See, I don't see that at all. I think you got that wrong. The Leafs now are Benoit, McCabe, Labushkin. Those are three guys who hit first as a priority. So no team has okay. six guys who hit. So it's a few guys in the lineup now who want to run into you anyway. But mm. Yeah. I'll take okay. the guys. I, I, yeah, I'll give you that one for sure. Yeah, they... they uh, Benoit has added a lot. Yeah. Uh, McCabe has been more physical in the last three weeks than I've seen since coming she looks here. Confident, yeah. so yeah, there's much bigger physical presence than we've seen in the past. Because you, you you're know, right. Lilligren's not going to do it. Riley's not going to do it, and Brody's not going to do okay. it. Okay, so. and I think you know, on the positive side of this, two part take here from this is that. I have a hard time, you know, because I, I did a post-game thing last night, and then we did a pod talking about the trade afterwards. And I just, I didn't go on Twitter. I didn't do any of the reading before I went on. And analytics guys despise <laughs> Labushkin. Yeah. Like, he is a, the, what's the opposite of an analytics starling? I saw people call him the worst defenseman in the NHL. Yeah, like, people hate this guy. Yeah. And part of me was like, oh, that worries me. But part of the, me is like, I wish I just was a hockey fan now without Twitter. Like when I was a kid, I watch hockey and it's like, oh, that guy's good. That guy's bad. I, I, I can make my own decisions. But I feel like it's so, I'm so not influenced, but I just see that and I'm measuring it against this. And it's the like. The re- reason why we call people influencers on yeah, this no, but like, stupid thing. <laughs> yeah. No, but he, yeah, but like right. it influenced me. I'm like, oh, these guys are saying he's the worst. He's got to be the worst. But I'm like, can I make my own decision when I see him play? And yeah. I've seen him play before. Yeah, yeah, The answer is yes, you can, but you've got to shut your phone off. But here's yeah. the thing, Kipper. They all said the exact same thing about Simone Benoit, where Benoit was unplayable. Benoit had awful numbers. Benoit was a guy that was just completely, you know, uh, not an option for the Leafs. And they've developed him and put him in a good position to succeed. And he's become a really important guy for them. Yeah. So maybe that's something that can happen with with, uh, Labushkin, but Hmm. I don't know. I think guys like Labushkin and Benoit, who are not play-driving guys, they don't skate it out, pass it out, whatever – they when they get on bad teams they get stuck because yeah. no one breaks it out for them and they just get the if they let's say they stop a play in the D zone like Tree's talking about it then doesn't get going the other way mm-hmm. when you're on a good team you get a stop sometimes some guys can actually make a play for you and it works his time with the Leafs he was really good at uh, defending the blue line hitting blocking shots like stick checks. Remember him being able to snap a breakout pass a little bit too. I remember he, he checks out a lot better his time in Toronto does than when he's on bad teams Buffalo and. And I'm, you may have to just wait in the summer to get a stud to back up Morgan Riley. Ultimately, I, I mean, it's ever going to happen. Forsling is a free agent. UFA Forsling. Forsling's a free agent. 
Montour's a free agent. Brett Pesci's a free agent. UFAs. Mm. There's 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 a, there's a decent list this summer. Do you summer. think you could go to a Carolina now and talk about Pesci? I know where they're at. In yeah, there. I think you can. If you're like, hey, yes. you know, the answer is yes. If you want to do something bigger, maybe that's what Vancouver. <laughs> I'm I'm connecting dots. That's all right. They talked about Pedersen. Listen, you have to have these conversations. Brett Pesci is not resigning in Carolina unless something drastically changes in the next little while. Mm-hmm. They're not prepared to pay this guy. So why wouldn't the Leafs knock on the door and say, you're not keeping him. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily want to lose him for nothing here. We'll take him off your hands and let's talk. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, that's an interesting name. I mean, that's a difference maker. For sure. Right. Be, do we I, want to hear Keith on, on Labushkin? Sure. Yeah. Is that the, the right place yeah, to go next? Let's sure. go to the coach on the trade. It helps us for sure. Are we obviously familiar with him? And, and when he's uh, when he's come in in the past, uh, he helped us both in what he brings, uh, the type of player that he is. He's uh, ultra competitive, physical, uh, strong. Doesn't back down to anyone or any situation. Like he, he plays the game hard and honest. And uh, yeah, obviously the right shot. We've we've talked enough about that to know the importance of that. And I think that uh, in itself, I think just sort of allows some other things to settle into place, which I think uh, uh, is where the additional boost uh, comes from. So there's part of it is is the, is, the, is what Bush uh, himself brings, and the other part of it is how it impacts the rest of the the decor. So uh, you know, I think it's uh, I think it's a good move, and, and we're happy to have him. Okay. And this comes also uh, off of uh, Mark Giordano leaving the game mm. and not returning. Yeah, we assume it's a concussion. A concussion? Did yeah, they, they announce they, a they, concussion they, they, today? They yeah. yeah. Whether or not he'll be back in a week or two, Doesn't or yeah. shut down uh, indefinitely, or perhaps at his age, he may have played his last shift last night. Yeah, yeah it mean, was that was bad. as violent a collision with the boards as you're going to see in a really awkward position. I didn't like back in the head, kind of like, like that was one of those ones where I'm like, I didn't even need to see a replay of that one. It was right. bad. Yeah, so you could yeah. be onto something there, Kipper. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm not onto something. I'm just going through the. Yeah, well, there's six weeks left in the season. There's... If he's badly concussed, then who knows if he plays again? Yeah. Uh, you know. Fingers crossed for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, well-loved and respected guy, yeah. included yeah. by the three of us on the show. I don't want to retire so. anybody, no, exactly. but at, at his age right now, with the rest of his life, I'm sure he's ultimately, even if he is in a position to come back, you got to once again weigh out where's my risk here and my reward and mm-hmm. how much do I want to take a chance here? I bet, just not just knowing the way he plays, I bet if he's able, he'll he'll try. He'll he's he's on uh, injury reserve. Whether that goes to long term, I think remains to be seen. But I think it does make it a little bit uh, easier to maybe hold on to a guy like Nick Robertson or mm-hmm. or yeah. others in the lineup here. It does. That's it does, right. With Yarncroft coming back, that with Yarncroft coming back. Yep. All right. Do we have a soundbite on Yarncroft? Yep, we do have a soundbite on Yarncroft. All right. Let's go to a Kipper's Clipper on Yarncroft's return. Ron, I uh, haven't got the report on how things went today, but uh, he's very close. So he'll be. Uh, uh, 
uh, he'd be a, you know a question for us going into tomorrow. I think it's the first time where there's a possibility that he could play. So uh, it's the first real practice that he's had with us. So today was an important day uh, to get through. So we'll um, you know we'll we'll uh, get a sense of where he is. Probably not till tomorrow morning until we know more for sure. Until we make sure he gets through he's the preparing day to play, gets through the day yeah. without stubbing his toe real bad or sleeping through his alarm. So careful. He's come a long way for me. Yarncroft. Yes. Yeah. Yarncroft. Is it? I don't know how. To it, I mean, they're it. saying Yarncroft now. It's, what? Yeah. <laughs> but he's to me. Jan Krook. <laughs> he. That's how Sandine says it. That's how we should yeah. say it. Yeah. I, I think be. he got a little. I don't know, grittier for me. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got a good like compete level. If, I don't know if people don't like that phrase necessarily, but it's like he does he does work and he, yeah. he skates and all that. So I, I'm with you. I like him in that way. And I think, I think he <laughs> can uh, he can come in and, and maybe help JT a little bit. Yeah, it's certainly – I mean, Tavares with McMahon and Robertson, that's tough to climb out of that hole when you're not playing well with those guys. I mean, McMahon and, and Yarncroft, that's a little bit more respectable guys to work with, guys you can shoot and finish and all that. Yeah. But- um, for sure. Do we want to finish Tree Living's trade-related stuff before we, we go into the... What else is uh, tickling your fancy? I think the third one would be the one that would be worth playing. The second one, he doesn't give you a ton, but if uh, it's on, if he would be willing to trade his first-round pick and somebody asked Ooh, him that. that's a good one. So there you go. If okay. we play clip three. In the right deal, to me, where our team's at, you'd, you'd want to help the team. Um, I think you got to be careful with first-round picks for short-term, you know, short-term help. Um but if it makes sense, and at the end of the day, when you do the final analysis, if you think that there's, you know, it's going to have an impact, um, you have to look at every option. So the idea that we're not going to do this, we're not going to do that, we look at every option if, it, if it's going to improve our team. Now, as the manager, you also have to look at not just the next six weeks lens, but you balance it. And uh, so we've, we've tried to look at opportunities um, that could help our team using any and all capital we have available. Um, but it's got to make sense. Yeah, yeah, Russian, there you go. So I know earlier uh, this week I've, I've used Lawson Krauss as an example, yeah. but that's what Tree is talking about right mm-hmm. now. Is there a mid-20 guy with three years on his deal, and I'm going to give you – I'll give you a first-rounder all day long, but it's going to be – expensive and it's mm-hmm. going to be the first plus and usually the plus if you're really going to go and get a significant guy like that the plus is an a prospect with it it's not a b or a c prospect and that's the tricky part and that's why i've always brought in cowan into the mix saying under the right trade for the right guy at the right age with the right term moving forward you're talking big here. Yeah, I am talking big. Do you have anyone else in mind? Or? Well, I mean, I watched two Coyotes games in the last week, and I couldn't give you one loss in Krause moment. So not uh, sure I'd be, okay, listen, not sure I'd be maybe thrilled maybe to trade not the, him. the yeah. first in Cowan for, maybe for him. Maybe it's not him, but maybe it's Konechny. I, I mean, oh, pardon? Yep. Hello? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You heard me. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And to now right we're now. talking. Right now, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Now no. <laughs> now we're talking all in, boys. Yeah. <laughs> I buy that for a dollar. <laughs> 5.5 million this year and next. Um yeah, he's wearing an A now at 26 years old. Oh my god. For the Flyers. Yeah. Now we're talking Cowan. Scrappy, competitive. Yes. Cuz oh, yeah. I think 
He's Daniel uh, Briere would have I, that conversation. 27 and 27. He's yeah. at 54 points. I do. In, uh, Listen, in 57 games. To your point on our Cowan updates, mm. okay, this guy is, if, if you talk about prospects, worldwide prospects, hockey prospects, I don't, I don't think there's been a guy that's shot up as much as he I has in the last year. he's a 27-game point streak or more now. Mm-hmm. People were going, Leafs were idiots for drafting him when he was ranked, I don't know, 45th. Mm. And right now, if this guy was eligible for the draft today, he'd be a top 10 pick. Top so, 10. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're the Flyers, considering where you're trying to go, a first and a guy like that, you'd have so, to think about it. Because they're going to have to pay Konechny at some point. But Konechny would be up after Tavares' deal. Which you Konechny and uh, Walker. Mm-hmm. Now are we talking? Yeah. And uh, you've added Labushkin already? Speaking of London, that's where Konechny's from. He's an Ontario boy. Mm-hmm. Sammy'd I mean, love that. That's, I mean, yeah, that's like, the type of yeah, you're, blockbuster we're talking about. Kipper, I can't say yes any more times. Like, yes, absolutely yes. But I just have a hard time believing that the Flyers would actually do it. It just, I know that, I know Cowan has the upside. He's like you said, he's probably one of the biggest prospects in the world at the moment. But just like, if you're the Flyers, Konechny isn't 31, right? He's 26. Like he's going to be good for, he's just entering his primey prime as we speak. They're trying to be good quickly. He's a flyer identity type of guy. I'd be surprised, but thrilled if they trade him to the lease. Right? Interesting. Yeah. No, uh, that, yeah. So that to me is the type of shakeup you're looking at. So no wonder yeah. Labushkin's not moving the needle for you. Yeah, and then I'll, <laughs> Labushkin gets a lot better when I get a yeah a defenseman, a, a top four legit guy. On top of this. On top of this, Pal, but they don't. That's, they don't have it. That's putting your cojones on the line right there. <laughs> I would say so. You're putting your job on the line the first year. I mean, it's. Uh, I love it. I love it. It would. It would be fascinating to see. Uh, Twenty-seven game point streak for Easton Cowan. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, any concerns on Morgan Riley? Uh, hoping to see the Morgan Riley before the All Star break <laughs> kind of guy. He's is he struggling a little bit? <laughs> I, listen, I we don't joked about this last night, but sports coverage is much like the news, boys. Where you know every certain beat of every year we hit a certain thing, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, it's the St. Patrick's Day Parade thing. Run the St. Patrick's Day Parade piece. Yeah. We're hitting the time of year where Morgan Riley's having his regular season struggles, and we talk about how he's struggling, and then it's like when the regular, when the regular season ends, yeah. the playoffs start, and he's great again. But, yeah, he's struggling. I don't, uh, I don't mean to poo-poo this, but, like, on the list of Leafs things, to me, that's not high on my list of what has my attention these days. You know, like watching John Tavares play in the third yeah. line, uh, struggling, frustrated, can't get it going, not on the power play. What's happening here is a bigger, you know, in terms of veteran, important Leaf guys, that scares me more. I, I don't see a, an out other than John's just going to have to work through it and you hope that Young Crook can come in and, and help him out a little bit here. And, and yeah. McMahon can shoot it in the net every once in a while, but I, I think... I think they're kind of committed to this here. You don't think this is just a let's see how the Leafs lineup looks spreading those guys out? I don't know. Based on Willie Nylander starting training camp at center and then bailing that quickly, I'm saying who knows. Mm -hmm. But to me to go back to to John Tavares 
with Willie and locking in again to your top four highest paid guys going one, two again uh, is a setback. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you've got, you've I, come, I agree with you. And, and on top of that, you've come so far with Bertuzzi. Like it took you this long to get him going. And he's a player now. And a very important player. Kept one in, although he did rattle one off the post. Can what you is, believe he shot if, the empty netter off the did post? You know what the, did you know what the total was in that game? No. It was, they, that would have put it over. Oh, really? Yeah, that so if you had the over, or yeah. no, that was that was yeah, it. Betting night. Yeah. But I'm saying if, if you went back to just the old JT way, yeah. do, do you lose Bertuzzi a little bit back? Yeah, Do you maybe. want to run that risk? It's a good question. It's a good question. Uh, I would rather... Offensively, I think at this point you're going to get more out of a thriving Bertuzzi than John. Like, I'd rather have Tavares on the power play, you know, in game one, given the chance he could pop open, he can finish. He's a much better goal scorer than Bertuzzi ever could be. See, I, but I think Bertuzzi creates this, this more. This is where I, I want to kind of kind of defend JT a little bit here. Yeah. Because he did a score 18 goals on the power play last year. That's what I'm saying. I would prefer so, him on the power play. So, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. But I don't want to lose Bertuzzi yeah. either. So, and I know you're telling me Kip, it's no different than 15 other teams out there. The big boys eat up the two minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'm not here to tell you you're, you're wrong, but mm-hmm. I am here to tell you that you can't have your cake and eat it too here. So, you might have to share a little bit more here and, and get yeah. JT back in. And listen, as painful as it may be, there might be some power plays where you got to start JT and sit Austin yeah. off of a commercial break. I don't know. but You, you can totally talk me into you, that. You, you, you cannot just say to JT. It's over. It's power play over. time's over yeah, for your done, career. Done, done. Just sit there and be a, a good little boy. Because yeah. – you will lose JT. It, I've seen it a million times. You hear the sound bites. He's a great guy. He'll do whatever he can to help the team. Blah, blah, blah. Doesn't that sound like a problem to you? It's just the game. It's just the way it's always been on any team in any era. The scores like their cookies. But all this, all the stories we hear about championship winning teams and what it takes to come together yeah. and whatever is about putting egos aside and doing what's best for the group. You know, this guy's been in the league for a thousand games, thousand points. You don't, you know, is it not reasonable to not lose your captain because he's not getting what he wants in terms of it's it's personal numbers for for, for that cliche to work? It's circumstantial that you've you you've You've kind of shaped and 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 brought the group together over a long period of time. So when you're in this crunch period of the end of the regular season to start the playoffs, there are no mixed messages. You know exactly what your role is. You know where your fit is, and you know where the pecking order is in the room. I think there's a lot of confusion right now still in that Leaf dressing room where they're not sure where the pecking order is and where is the hierarchy and where do I fit in? Everybody's racing right now to get their ice time, get their cookies, get this, get that. And right now they've got a lot of work to do still. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense to you? Makes perfect sense to me. Yes. Yeah. I agree. So, I mean, 
I only have my Ranger Stanley Cup year to experience over the course Didn't of Didn't you win a Calder Cup, October. too? I won a Calder Cup, Well, too. I mean, you've been yeah. a part of it a couple times. But it's, it's, it's not a flick the switch at the trade deadline, bring in six guys, and everybody falls into place mm-hmm. real quick unless you know exactly where your lane is and what your role is. And we kind of got lucky because we did make a lot of changes in 1994 with multiple trades. But honest, I, every guy came in and fit like a glove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fit's important. And right now, they're still working on that in that Leaf dressing room. You know, I think getting a number two center type would really clarify where things are at. Tavares is always going to be on at least the second power play unit, like at the very least. But if you bring in another guy who can, you know, he's not going to play ahead of whoever you think it might be. I don't know, Adam Henrique, maybe is the name that's at the tip of my tongue. But, you know, I think people can slot in a little better. But I agree that there is some a lack of clarity on, yeah, that pecking order right now and Bertuzzi yeah. and Tavares and all that. Yeah. All right, what are we going to do? Take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. All right, we'll get some more feedback on the Toronto Maple Police when we uh, welcome in uh, Luke Fox from sportsnet.ca. So plenty more, including Off the Rails Friday with Doug McClain. Can't wait for that one. Oh, yeah. More real Kipper and Bourne after the break. Covering the Raptors in depth like no one else. The Raptor Show with Will Lou. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Off the Rails Friday. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. All right, we're going to welcome in Luke Fox momentarily. Where else you got? You got yeah. a quick uh, Kippers Clipper out there? Or where do you want to go? Well, I was going to ask Luke about it, but I can ask you, where's Timothy Lilligren? What's going on? You know, let's listen to that clip. We have a clip on that. All right. Can I play that? The All Lily right, pad. Clip three on what's up with Lily. Lily. Yeah, he is, I guess, another guy that's not necessarily ruled out for tomorrow, um, but uh, not a certainty to play, obviously, given his absence in practice. Uh, but it was sort of purposeful today to get a feel for where he's at, but not to overdo it, uh, so that uh, he could be a possibility for tomorrow. Um, again, we'll, we'll determine with, with Lilligren, Yarncroft, and, and, and Lubushkin, who's, you know, traveling in and you know visa issues and all these kind of things that they gotta gotta get sorted out that are out of our control all those things will be determined tomorrow see this is one of those where it i get nervous right now because here's a, a right-handed d you don't have that many in the whole organization and he just disappears <laughs> i know nothing happened there he was no way too valuable to leave yeah i i I've said this in previous years that, I oh, I don't know where Lilligren's going to fit. They need him in this year. They need him to play. They need him to not just disappear with mysterious absences. Maybe our local guy knows. Maybe our Luke Fox from sportsnet.ca can tell us where is Lily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a strange one, guys, that it, it seems to be lingering here. Sheldon Keefe has suggested before the last couple of games that, oh, maybe he'll be ready, uh, and he just hasn't been. He, he's skated on his own. Uh, he did some work by himself uh, ahead of the rest of the group for the morning skate yesterday. 
but he wasn't on the ice with the, the team today. And it's getting a little bit curious. The explanation is that he was banged up toward the end of the Colorado game. Um, but that's a week ago. And this just keeps on uh, lingering and they're being really tight lipped. I found with this new regime, if it's something long term, like with Mark Giordano, they just come out and say right away, it's the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, with uh, Lilligren's first injury, they said it's a high ankle sprain when the guy's going to be away. But when it's something more minor or they're hoping he's going to get back into the lineup sooner than later, they're being a little bit more coy this year. Huh, that's interesting. You know, he's yeah. he really looked toward, you know, b- until he got hurt there, it looked like he was finding it again a little bit, and you can see the positive version of what he could be for them in playoffs. No, 100%, and I think a lot of it had to do with Morgan Riley being out of the lineup, mm-hmm. and this was a bit of a silver lining because all of a sudden they needed someone to quarterback that top power play. And so all of a sudden he's getting, you know, these offensive touches. Uh, He was getting a bunch of points. I think, you know, he had a string of multi-point games and that got his confidence going. I remember in particular at Mullet Arena after that game, we talked to him and it was the most positive he had sounded all season. You know, he's a guy that's very mild-mannered, kind of quiet, and he's hard on himself in a a very, like, low-key way when things aren't going well on the ice. Uh, but he started to feel more encouraged, you know, the fact that the team's winning, but he's contributing to that winning. Mm-hmm. I think he he needs that offensive side of his game to be going to feel a little bit better about his defensive game. And I remember in that game against the Coyotes, he even finished some checks really hard, uh, you know, establishing a bit more of a physical presence. So this injury, however severe it is, it's kind of come at a bad time because it just seemed like he was getting his momentum back and after a really inconsistent season altogether. Luke, got to ask you about uh, Labushkin, his return. A very popular guy, I would imagine. Uh, I gotta, I'm, I'm hearing he's absolutely thrilled to come back. Is it just a foregone, foregone conclusion he's just going to pick up where he left off before uh, leaving for the big bucks? Yeah, I mean, it always helps, right, to have that familiarity, especially when you're coming in late in the season. Um, you know, he was beloved. Uh, like, I remember Jake Muzzin was over the moon for this guy. You'd Any question you'd ask him about, he's like, I love the boosh. I love the boosh. <laughs> and, and I think it's just because he, he brought that physical element that uh, at that point, Muzzin was the only guy bringing. Now, you look at their their top 6D, and with Labushkin in, you got Benoit, Labushkin, and McCabe that'll that'll keep force opposition to keep their head up because they're willing to, to finish a check uh, or even drop the gloves if necessary. And I, I think, you know, we're starting to see Brad Tree Living's fingerprints a little bit more on the blue line. The fact that he's buddies with a lot of the core guys, uh, he was a... Uh, a team first guy, Morgan Riley was saying today. I think that helps. And, and I, I actually think it helps uh, Ilya Samsonov. So low key, these guys are actually really close off the ice. Um, they've had some vacations together. They're, they're two families. And Samsonov has been on a bit of an island as the only Russian uh, on the team. So I think they're going to help each other. I, I, You know, it's the same with the Swedes in that room. It always helps if you have someone from your own country that you're a little bit familiar with. Uh, just get acclimatized and he's you know his game is the type of game that you're not bringing in a new guy to run the power play you're bringing in a guy to bang it off the glass 
box guys out, stop, stop cycles, like very simple stuff that should translate. And then you'd like to think that he'll be a little bit more inspired. His only taste of the playoffs was in that one uh, spring with the Leafs, you know, otherwise he's been on bad Sabres teams, bad Ducks teams, bad Coyotes teams. So yeah, his numbers aren't fantastic, but you think if he's surrounded by better players, he'll elevate a little bit too. That's great. I think the Samsonov thing is a very worthwhile note. The guy who's kind of finding it a little bit, which brings me to goaltending. We have gone 45 minutes and we didn't mention the return of Joseph Wall, (laughs) which is, you know, a fairly large story from last night. Um, I thought he looked fantastic. What was your impressions of his return and what this means for the Leafs crease going forward? Yeah, Sheldon Keefe said he was the difference in the game. And and you'd have to agree, uh, he wasn't tested much early it took almost 10 minutes for him to face his first shot and you know as a guy making his his first start since the first week of December he he probably would wanted to see some pucks but he just has the right mentality that okay I'm just going to be set and be prepared and when this starts coming and you know the Coyotes actually outplayed the Leafs for probably the the second half of that game and he stood strong his movements were calm and in the crease uh, and I think there was there was like some emotional meaning behind that win. I, I think there, it's always a little bit nerve wracking when you're testing out a, an injury, especially an injury that is caused by a movement a goalie has to make over and over and over again, pushing post to post. That's how he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And that's something he has to get over the mental hurdle of doing multiple times a game. Uh, and it's one thing to do it at the AHL. It's another thing under the, the bright lights and, you know, I walked into the, the dressing room post game and he was just kind of sitting there really, you know, his head down and he, he seemed to be having a moment. And beside him was the player of the game belt that the Max Domi awarded it, uh, awarded to him after the game. And, and he said, you know, it, one thing, it meant a lot to be playing and to finally stop thinking about when am I going to be ready to play? Uh, the, that was very mentally taxing for him. And the second thing was, you don't feel part of the guys when you're off rehabbing, yeah. when you're staying back from road trips and you're and you're working on simple ankle movements or working with a goalie coach all the time. You don't feel one of the boys. So he said that was the second thing that really, you know, meant a lot to him last night. And 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 it's really important, you know, to get your first win in your first game back. It gets the gets the engine running. Like if you start out and you haven't played in three months and you lose, then maybe you start getting in your head and start wondering, oh, you know, am I fully back yet? So really solid showing from Wall. We're talking to Luke Fox, Leafs writer for Sportsnet.ca. If we're going to stick with the, the positives, despite maybe being outplayed by Arizona Coyotes last night, let's go to Ryan Reeves. There was a time this season, oh, Luke, I mean, we watched him and said, I think he's done. I think he's done. Like career. And now contributing some key minutes for them. And playing that heavy game, big fight last night with O'Brien, and looks like the guy that Tree Living had no problem giving a three-year deal to. Yeah, uh, I, another great story. I mean, it's funny, right? There's the Samsonov story and there's the Reeves story of guys that you're really wondering if they had a, a future on the roster for the rest of the season at, at one point and just sort of resurrected. He's leapfrogged over Noah Gregor, established himself on the fourth line. So I had a long talk with with Ryan Reeves uh, earlier this week for a story that's going to drop tomorrow morning. Uh, and a lot of it's about Matt Rempe and how he sees himself in Rempe. Um, you know, the, a younger version of himself, of course, you know, coming into the league, wanting to fight 
everything that moves is how Reeves put it. Um, and, you know, I, I think the fact that it's all intertwined. Yes, he gets the fight, but he's also scored a goal this week. He also feels like he's established himself in the lineup. And he told me, I don't feel like I'm myself when I'm not in the lineup on a regular basis. He's like, I'm starting to feel like myself again. He's like, I can't be that loud guy in the dressing room if I'm not in the lineup. I can't be one of the guys. And he also mentioned that that, you know, last week's Midwest road trip, going out to Arizona, having a, a couple days off with the guys really helped the group bond. And he said that he took a few guys to an escape room and they just got out with like two minutes left. Uh, and it's like, it's, he's like, it's silly, you know, but these, these type of camaraderie things really help the group and he built himself as a glue guy. And that's why tree living brought him in. So he can't be, it's it, the two are intertwined. He can't be effective on the ice. If he's not that guy in the room, yeah. and he can't be that guy in the room. If he's not delivering on the ice. So he feels like the fourth line uh, has found its stride and he's been, been a big part of that. He's doing the the biceps flex. <laughs> to that. He's like he's all in. His personality is back, and that's a guy who needs to have that personality in order to thrive. And I'm just waiting for Reeves or Rempe to lay a questionable hit because I think there's a, the potential for fireworks tomorrow. Yeah, I don't know if they'll even need to be a hit. I'm curious to see how eager those two guys will be to be involved. The escape room thing is fascinating to me. Like, you went to Arizona, and that's what you did? An escape room? Yeah. I, <laughs> all right. I would have. Yeah. He, well, he said, he said a bunch of guys went golfing. If it rained golfing, and I but, couldn't golf, yeah, I would I do it. Say. Yeah. No, but, but I mean, that it, it seems like kind of childish. Like, I, you know, that's what take an 11-year-old to do at a birthday party yeah. or something. But uh, you know, it works, right? It, you're forced to figure stuff out. You're, it's like a bit of an icebreaker for guys that, you know, may not sit together on the plane or whatever, but he said they had a blast. Awesome stuff. All right, Luke, we'll let you go, pal. Thanks for doing this. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. All right. Have a, have a good weekend and good luck with Doug. All right. <laughs> Thanks. We'll Luke. need Appreciate it. it. We'll need it. Okay. Um, let's pick up on the Ryan Reeves uh, conversation, but first let's go to a Kipper's Clipper number seven on his big fight last night. Out of Sheldon Keefe. Yeah, I love the fight. Love the spirit. Love the energy. Um, got to kind of got the crowd going. You know, it's some of a quiet, slow start. It took a while before the shots and chances started to come for either team. So it brought some brought some energy and juice. And you know, it's it's great for you to have that. But we've always played some really good hockey for us here of late, um, and, and that's been great to see skating. He's skating to me on another level and uh, making plays and advancing the puck and doing all the things you, you you need him to do. And then tonight, you know, called for him to to uh, to show that other side of it, but uh, thrilled that he stood in there and did his thing that we've come to, to know and expect over his career. You really so, leaned into that really, playing really good hockey, bro. All right, let's just open it right up here, okay? Mm. And we're not promoting anything. Oh, no, I am. That was awesome. Was last night just the warm-up for the main event Saturday night with this Matt Rempe? How is it not? It's got to be. I, I mean, mean, you listen to Sheldon, and it's like, I'm going to the game. Like, Rempe wants to fight everyone in the league, and you get a chance to go up against Ryan like Reeves. set up perfectly. Okay. Well, for did, this kid did to Ryan never play Reeves again. flex the Ugh. muscle last night? For Arizona or the Rangers coming in, <laughs> was that a, was that not a bit of a message that 
you want to be the heavyweight champ, you got to come through me a little bit here. I don't know. You think it was? You think he's trying? He's thinking big picture. I, yeah, I, I I got big picture out of that. I think he just beat the brakes off somebody and was fired <laughs> up. That's what I think. Yeah. But it could have been. Yeah. It could have been. You can't have that fight and lift the mm. and and avoid him Saturday night unless he doesn't want the to. The only dance. possibility is that Rempe has been told just like we don't want you doing that for no reason. Like something I, happens and you need I, to I, find I doubt that. Yeah, I, I also doubt, doubt that they that. have him there and want him to Re- not do the thing he does. We got to do the read here, but Reeves got a great grab on. He did have a on grab. O'Brien and O'Brien just, almost died. It was the he missed him as, with one that was like as soon as he got that grab, was like this is not good for O'Brien. Yeah. All right, uh, join Cobb Bread tomorrow for Donation Day, where two dollars from every six pack of their hot cross buns sold will be donated to over a hundred local charities with a target goal of over half a million dollars. To celebrate, we're giving away $100 Cobb's Bread gift cards all week. To enter, text the daily code word to 59590. Today's code word is one of their hot cross bun flavors, apple cinnamon. Text apple cinnamon to 59590 right now for your chance to win. Cobb's Bread bakes fresh in-house all day, every day. And when the doors close, all the leftover baked goods are donated to local charities. The next morning, boys... They start fresh. Apple cinnamon to five ninety five ninety right now. So they give food away when the doors close. I might be at the back door. <laughs> Apple cinnamon on cross buns. Let's I know go. who's dumped their arm around. <laughs> when you good. get about twelve or thirteen of those reads, you get really good at them. Oh, thank really, you. really thank nailed you. the I Apple just, cinnamon read. He was excited Apple about the cinnamon five ninety. Maybe crayon orange out of here. Bring me the apples. Traditional fruit. Traditional fruit. We're shutting down the Leaf Edition. We're going national next. Our thanks to Luke Fox. And when we return, Doug McLean. And the latest update on Elias Pedersen and the Vancouver Canucks. Been traded to the Leafs. Don't miss it.